Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is a Monday. I hope you can survive with me. We'll get through it together. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. You know, occasionally, uh, dad me interrupts radio me. So, and I realize this this is, I should get straight to the news, but I just, I gotta, I gotta share this because so many of you, I'm sure have experienced this in your life. (laughs) We we order new towels because the towels we've had, they're fine, but they're like, 12 years old and now they're just starting to rip and tear and and we've had them for for years and years and they're stained and so I ordered new ones and they came this morning in a giant box giant box and so I'm taking each towel is individually wrapped in a plastic bag and I'm opening the bags taking the towels out on the floor putting each plastic bag progressively in the last plastic bag and the plastic bags fill up real quick and then I dawns on me I've actually been putting the towels back in the plastic bags I had been taking them out of and throwing plastic bags on the floor to be washed. I'm dad brain has taken over on occasion. All right. Now that I've got that off my chest, I can begin again anew with Kamala Harris. CNN has a story out about Kamala Harris that essentially the white house is throwing her under the bus. Uh, They are making her the scapegoat for all of their problems. It is a fascinating Fascinating read. It is an exclusive from CNN. Worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus, key White House aides have largely thrown up their hands at Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff, deciding there simply isn't time to deal with them right now, especially at a moment when President Joe Biden faces quickly multiplying legislative and political concerns. The exasperation runs both ways. Interviews with nearly three dozen former and current Harris aides, administration officials, Democratic operatives, donors, and outside advisors who spoke exclusively to CNN reveal a complex reality inside the White House. Many in the vice president's circle fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and instead is being sidelined. The vice president herself has told several confidants she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically, and those around her remain wary of even hinting at future political ambitions with Biden's team highly attuned to signs of disloyalty, particularly from the vice president. My goodness gracious. 
This is a, a disaster of a story for the White House. What is interesting is this. Ron Klain, the president's chief of staff, in a statement provided to CNN, downplayed any criticism of the vice president, saying Harris and her team, quote, are off to the fastest and strongest start of any vice president I have seen, end quote. Citing a range of work from stressing COVID-19 vaccine equity to meeting with many foreign leaders, Klain added, quote, anyone who has the honor of working closely with the vice president knows how her talents and determination have made a big difference in the administration. You know who they go to for a defense of Harris? On record, with a real defense? The Lieutenant Governor of California, who none of you have heard of. That's a pretty terrible sign, and... If I were a Democrat, if I were Kamala Harris, I would be a little bit concerned with how the White House is proceeding. And then Jen Psaki last night kind of puts a big bracket around why this is a bad story for all of them. This is She tweeted this at 9.20 p.m. last night after the CNN story broke. For anyone who needs to hear it, The VP is not only a vital partner to the president, but a bold leader who has taken on key important challenges facing the country from voting rights to addressing root causes of migration to expanding broadband. Now, if you are untrained in the ways of Washington PR, you may think that's a perfectly serviceable tweet for anyone who needs to hear it at VP. That's the Twitter title for Kamala Harris is not only a vital partner to at POTUS, the president's Twitter handle, but a bold leader who has taken on key important challenges facing the country, from voting rights to addressing root causes of migration to expanding broadband. Do you understand why this is a problem? Let let me, let me, let me narrate this for you. Kamala Harris was picked for her gender and her race. She was not picked for her competence. In fact, she is well known to run a dysfunctional office. When she was Attorney General of California, she ran a dysfunctional office. It has been widely documented. When she ran her Senate office, she ran a highly dysfunctional office. It has been widely documented. And now she's running a highly dysfunctional vice presidential office, and this too has been documented not by conservative outlets, but by mainstream left-leaning outlets. Her staff is at each other's throat. She allows it to go on. She sends mixed signals. She plays favorites. She pits staff against staff. This is what she does, and it has been going on for a long time. It's what she did on a presidential campaign, and in that presidential campaign, she blew it. She never even made it to Iowa. Kamala Harris, before becoming vice president of the United States, had only been in Washington for four years. I actually had to go back and look at that. I couldn't believe that was true. Turns out she's been that annoying. It seems like she's been there forever annoying us, but it's only been four years and then became vice president. Had the audacity to think after four years in Washington, she was competent and qualified to run for president of the United States. That should tell you everything right there. She was the freaking attorney general of California. 
who ran for the Senate, was there for four years, and two years in thinks, ha, I'm going to run for President of the United States. Kamala Harris's ego is greater than her accomplishments. Kamala Harris's ego consumes her with ambition, and she's not that great at it. And everyone knew this in Washington, not just the Republicans. It was an open secret. That's why there's been so much documentation by mainstream left-leaning political outlets that her office has always been in shambles, whether as AG or a senator or as a presidential candidate or in the vice presidential mansion. So Ron Klain gives a statement, and you think it's glowing. Ron Klain is known as a Harris defender in the West Wing and does weekly one-on-one meetings with her in the West Wing to help her strategize. Now, Ron Klain is not showing himself to be the most competent person. Ron Klain, the White House chief of staff, is damaged goods. I am actually kind of amazed that the president has kept him around as long as he has. We'll get into that later. But he provides this statement that she is and her team are off to the fastest, strongest start of any vice president I've seen. Anyone who has the honor of working closely with the vice president knows how her talents and determination have made a big difference in this administration. Really? And that gets me to the Jin Psaki tweet. Now, I'm not going to read Twitter handles. I'm just going to read you again the names. For anyone who needs to hear it, Kamala Harris is not only a vital partner to Joe Biden, but a bold leader who has taken on key important challenges facing the country, from voting rights to addressing root causes of migration to expanding broadband. Let's break down this tweet to why it's terrible for Kamala Harris. This comes because of a damaging CNN story. It is a CNN story where virtually no one from the White House will go on record defending Kamala Harris. And those who are willing to talk to CNN to defend Kamala Harris throughout the race card, they actually accuse the White House of being more aggressively defensive of Pete Buttigieg's paternity leave than of Kamala Harris. They dare to raise the specter of white privilege and racism. That should tell you there's a problem right there, that that's how they perceive this. Kamala Harris, of course, is worried about Buttigieg running against her in 2024. Open secret now in the White House, Joe Biden is not running again. And Kamala Harris is so inept, she's not scaring anybody off. Now, here comes the CNN story that basically says she is so incompetent and her office is so incompetent that the White House is thinking of putting her on the Supreme Court to get her out of the way. That's actually in the CNN story. So here comes Jen Psaki, and what does she do? What does she do? The better question, the better question you should be asking is, what does Jen Psaki not do? She does not rebut the CNN story. She does not denounce the CNN story. She does not deny the CNN story. She says Kamala Harris is a vital partner and a bold leader. She does not say we call it the Biden-Harris administration for a reason. This story is nonsense. She doesn't say that. No, what does she do? She decides to list three of the challenges about which Kamala Harris has taken on as a quote-unquote bold leader. Voting rights, 
which she's failed to do anything about. The root causes of migration, which she's failed to do anything about. Expanding broadband, which she's failed to do anything about. If you want to deny the CNN story, you deny the CNN story. This is PR 101 in Washington, D.C. You come out, guns blazing, attack the reporters, attack the story, attack the sources, say this is BS. This is that we call it the Biden-Harris administration. We don't call it the Biden administration like prior norms. We don't do that. But they didn't do that. Instead, they point out three areas of policy failure and say Kamala Harris was in charge of them. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but progressives are livid with the Biden administration over their failure to get voting rights passed. Independents and conservatives are livid about the root causes of migration not being dealt with, and no one really gives a damn about expanding broadband. This is bad PR if you're trying to help Kamala Harris. Instead, it sounds like they're damning her with faint praise. Instead, it sounds like she's drowning in bad PR, and instead of handing her a life preserver, they've handed her a brick. They are literally within the White House speculating that they may have to put her on the Supreme Court when Stephen Breyer's seat comes open to get her out of the way and allow Biden a do-over. Here's the problem for Kamala Harris, and if they went with Pete Buttigieg, it would be the exact same problem. They are spectacularly unaccomplished. They are spectacularly unaccomplished. They have done nothing. They think because of their sexual orientation in Buttigieg's case and where he governed as a mayor and Kamala Harris because of her race and gender that somehow within the Democratic Party they can rise to a level of leadership for which they have no competence. And it shows with Kamala Harris and it shows with Pete Buttigieg. The man went on paternity leave for two months and nobody even noticed. And now Harris is mad that the White House defended him more than they defend her. This is all about 2024. And the Harris team has done a terrible job. And what this all signals is that, yes, there is going to be a Democratic primary in 2024 because, no, Joe Biden is not going to run again for office. And they don't really have a bench. And everyone's fighting now. The CNN article, there have been a number of these articles about the dysfunction within the vice president's office, but all of them have been about the people around her. This directly connects those people to Kamala Harris. And you do not have anyone from the White House vigorously, strenuously denouncing the story and defending Harris. That's all you need to know about how bad things are for Kamala Harris. And oh, don't look now, the ABC Washington Post poll, which is brutal for the Democrats, has Kamala Harris's popularity 10 points less than Joe Biden's, and his is already in the 30s. It's a remarkable disaster. The moral of the story is Kamala Harris is the very first vice president picked in modern times for her race and gender, not her competence and experience. And this is what you get 
when you identity politics the person who's one heartbeat away from the presidency. Y'all, from the moment I sat in my X chair, my body said, this is what a real office chair is supposed to be like. I had, gosh, I had gone through office chairs and then I got my X chair and it is the perfect chair. In fact, my X chair, unlike your chair, can massage my back while I'm sitting doing three hours of talk radio. It can even heat up and cool down depending on my office, which tends to run hot in the summer and cold in the wintertime. And it's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed for the X-Chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic lumbar DVL, they call it dynamic variable lumbar, your back's going to be happy. What I need you to do, you got to go check out the X-Chair because yeah, I bought the, y'all know the expensive brand and I bought it. It was a good chair. It actually was a really good chair. And X Chair takes it to the next level. What you need to do is go to xchaireric.com now. That's X, the letter X chair, E R I C K.com or call 844 4X chair for $100 off your order. X Chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's xchaireric, E R I C K.com. It is worth it. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you need to grow your business, this isn't for individuals, but for businesses, and you need access to six-figure loans and more, go to First Liberty Building and Loan. They're good people. I know the Frosts. They're actually genuinely good people. They've been doing this since the early 1990s. Uh, they're committed Christians. They're great business people. They want to help you get to yes, where so many banks are saying no right now. Uh, and again, they make their own lending decisions. So go to firstlibertyga.com. Spend a few minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you, you for them. Firstlibertyga.com. They can help you anywhere nationwide. Um, oh, oh, I see. I'm, I'm looking at calls. Hank is on the line and he wants to talk about the metaverse. Hank, yeah, be patient with me. Uh, I actually want to spend some time talking to you about this when we get get through this other side. And for those of you who haven't heard what the metaverse is, it's it's all the rage these days. We'll talk about it. I I have some insight into it because they sent me one to examine. We'll get to it. Um, so Hank, be patient with me. There's actually some breaking news that's happening right now that is actually uh, should be a big warning sign for the Democrats. And they don't probably want to admit it, uh, but Ryan Gillen is in the news. Now, if you don't live in Texas, and frankly, even if you live in most of Texas, you don't know who Ryan Gillen is. You should learn his name because you're going to be hearing a lot about him. Ryan Gillen is a state representative. Ryan Gillen uh, represents Rio Grande City. He is a Hispanic, Democratic, longtime Democratic state representative from Rio Grande City in South Texas. Except today, Ryan Gillen is a Republican. He has switched parties. Now, he was the most conservative Democrat in the state House of Representatives in Texas. He was the only Democrat to vote for constitutional carry, and he was the only Democrat to support the Republicans' uh, ban on boys being on girls' sports teams. He's been pretty conservative for a while. Uh, his district went for Hillary Clinton in 2016 and then flipped overwhelmingly to Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, there was a J.M. Lozano is a Republican from Kingsville, Texas. 
He was the last Democrat from South Texas to switch, and he did it in 2012. There haven't been a lot of switches since. But Hispanic lawmakers are beginning to switch to the GOP. This actually should be a warning sign for the Democrats, and I don't know that they can process it outside of the rubric of race, which is part of the problem and why it's happening. Hispanic lawmakers are not Hispanic lawmakers. Hispanic lawmakers all have a story of ethnicity that involves migration from a different country. So they're not Hispanic, they're Mexican. They're not Hispanic, they're Colombian. They're not Hispanic, they're Argentina. They're not Hispanic, they're Cuban. They're not Hispanic, they're Guatemalan. They're not Hispanic, they're Panamanian. They're not Hispanic, they're Honduran. It, it, it doesn't matter. The Democrats see everything, oh, they're Latina, or better yet, they're Latinx or Hispanic. And as a result, they've lost the ability to talk to people who have stories to tell about their uh, genealogy, their ethnicity, and the country of origin, and how they became American. And they view themselves as American, and increasingly as white. And that's devastating for the Democrats, who for years told themselves demography was destiny, and the Hispanics would be on their side against white people. It's not turning out that way. And the only way the Democrats know how to talk about this is a racial language that no longer computes for Hispanic voters. This should be a red flag for the Democrats but they won't pay attention to it. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. As promised, I'm going to go to Hank to discuss a word most of you probably never heard of. Hank, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, this stuff is unreal. This uh, metaverse uh, that Zuckerberg has talked about and he's moving towards and you know it's all interconnected with this ai and this uh fourth industrial revolution you know that um uh that klaus schwab guy he'd been talking about and his metaverse is like this uh the online living you know like that travis guy he you know over there in uh in houston you know uh he he was real big online like there was 27 million people that watched him do a concert on there so this thing's huge, and then on top of it, they go and they sell and and, and you know sell this uh, virtual land, you know, and you right. go and you pay real money for things you don't even own. What right. like Gucci bags and stuff? This stuff is crazy. It's forcing well, and, us and, to you know, I mean, there's a there's a small version of it in uh, Fortnite, the online game a lot of kids play, where everything is free and very egalitarian. You can't buy your way to better experience and better weaponry, but you can buy all sorts of little things. You can buy your costume changed, individualize yourself and, and stuff like that. And you're you're throwing money at a game maker, not for the weaponry, but for the distinctions of individuality, which is a, a, an interesting concept here. Uh, and, and you know, Hank, uh, for, now for those who don't understand what, what Hank is talking about, let, let me explain this one to you. Uh, Microsoft and Facebook, now called Meta, and several other companies, Apple is on the way with its own AR headset. Uh, they're building these virtual reality realms where you put a headset on and can interact with a world that's only in the headset. It's a virtual world. Apple's approach, I'm led to believe, is going to be different in that you will actually see the world around you but have uh, elements pop up uh, virtually within it. Facebook's is this big helmet you put on and it, you go into this world. Now, I will tell you, Hank, in full disclosure, uh, I know Mark Zuckerberg and I got sent by Facebook an Oculus 2, 
which I don't think is on the market yet. Uh, I think it's coming out for the metaverse so that I could look at it and review it and check out what the metaverse is. So I've been in the metaverse. And so can I ask you this then? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Real quick, sorry. So you think this has got any ties with this, uh, you know, World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution? Where no, I, I, I really reset. don't. Uh, and, you know, let, let me say this. Um, there's a lot of skepticism out there about Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I, I don't know him well. I do know him. And I always find it very bizarre. I, I know a number of billionaires. Uh, I, I, I know I'll never be one, and I know several of them. And he is the most normal of all of them. Uh, he's also the most reviled of all of them. And part of me thinks it's because he's way more libertarian than I think people realize because Facebook has a ton of progressives who work for it. They just presume, well, the CEO must be. I, I get the sense he's more of a, a, a libertarian and he's not into the uh, fourth industrial revolution, uh, one world order sort of stuff. What what I think he is, is, is he is a guy who is deeply online and thinks that the benefits of online community outweigh the negatives and is on the cusp of something technologically where he can allow people in ways who are trying to live in the post-COVID world. How do we navigate the world? A lot of people don't want to live in reality anymore. And he's got this idea suddenly with this technology of, hey, we can live in this online world where we're, we can see each other and interact without giving each other COVID, among other things. That's my impression of it. I don't think it's a sinister thing. I think it's it's somewhat of a cynical thing, I think, uh, of people who don't want to leave their house anymore. I think it is, it's got a lot of good to it, but I'm actually of the opinion that I think the bad could potentially outweigh the good uh, in part because we will be devolving our humor, human interactions uh, with online interactions and that's not real community. Like you just said, uh, we're buying virtual land that we don't really own. That's not only terrible economics, it's terrible if you invest your identity into something that's online because you become performative there as opposed to offline. So that that's my thinking on it. I, I want to go a little more in, in, in depth with you, but I want to answer any more of your questions you had about it before I let you go. Well, if you think it's more like a, uh, a drug, you know, that uh, people end up using it, as a way of uh, escaping that reality, like you're saying. And now that's, we got ourselves a whole another pandemic, if you will. Yes, we do. And that, that's that's where I want. I'm, I'm glad you used the drug analogy. Thank you for calling in on that, Hank. That gives me a good jumping off point to not talk politics right now. I'm getting kind of tired of the political minutiae out there. Uh, we'll get into that. But let, let me just so now lay out the vision for you here as I understand it. So if you don't know what the Oculus is, the Oculus is a, is a VR headset. There are two terms here. VR and AR. VR is virtual reality. You put on this headset and you can't see outside of the headset. You see an entire world around you. And as long as you don't penetrate the barrier, which I'll explain in just a second, you're in this virtual reality world. And it actually is very cool. I watched a video the other day. You know the the the, um, the the glide suits that people they jump out of planes and they they spread their they look like they're spreading wings and they fly. So I watched a video the other day on the Oculus of someone who had a uh, three hundred sixty degree headset on. So it was as if I was flying, jumping out of the airplane, 
And I could look all around me. I could look up and back and see the helicopter that had been jumped out of. I could look to my side and see the guy with me on one side and look to the other side and see the mountain cliff I was avoiding. I could look down and I could see the animals and the grass and the snow on the mountain I was going over. And then suddenly it drops out beneath me. And let me tell you, your stomach really does. You feel it in the pit of your stomach. When you come over that cliff and suddenly you've got like a 5,000-foot drop beneath you, you feel it even though you're not really moving. I was amazed at the sensory perception. And you have these headphones around you where the people next to you really can't hear what's going on, and you hear it very distinctly and clear. It's actually a very interesting device. And so one of the views for this metaverse idea is that You can be in this world and you can have virtual reality meetings where you can have an avatar of yourself, a a digital recreation of yourself, however you want to be identified. You're a man who's decided you're a woman. Well, your avatar can be a woman, even if you don't want to have the surgery. And you live in this, this world and you can have your business meetings there. You can share screens with each other in the metaverse and you can see the computer screen right there. You can see the video conversations right there. You want to go to a concert. But COVID is everywhere, so you can't. So the performers stand on a stage, and you and all of your friends are at the concert, and you can see your friends. They're right next to you. And you can all cheer and yell, and and you can have a meaningful interaction with all the crowd enthusiasm you get at a real concert, and you've never left your house. Now, how do they do it? Well, part of it is the the barrier. They, They call it the guardian. You, you stand in the middle of your floor and you have these two controllers in your hands. And this is kind of the, one of the weird parts of it is, is you can't see the world around you. Except there is a camera. So until you've made your barrier, your guardian, they call it, you see everything around you in black and white. And so you can see your hands with the two controllers. And the moment it tells you, set the floor level, you see this grid. And you go down to the floor with the controllers and you touch the floor and that sets the depth of the floor. And then you hold your hands out and it puts like laser beams coming out of your hands and you draw a square around you where there are no objects in here. And inside that, that's your guardian. The moment you cross the line you've drawn, suddenly it looks like you're breaking through a wall and you see everything around you in real time where you are in your house in black and white. And when you step back across the line, suddenly you're in the virtual reality world again. So that's one of the safety features as well. So you're not bumping into a table and stuff. It knows you've driven, you've drawn a perimeter into which you stand. It knows how far down the floor is. And when you're there, you're in this whole different world. So when you walk, you kind of move your arms like you're walking without actually walking. And when you run, you move your arms faster. And so you feel like fasting, you haven't moved your feet, just your arms. But it it covers, and when you turn to the left, the whole world turns to the left. When you turn your head to the left, you see. When you look up, you see. You are in a completely contained world. Now, this is virtual reality. It is different from augmented reality that allegedly Apple is pursuing. Apple is pursuing uh, glasses of some kind, allegedly, where you, you don't have this big boxy headset on your head. You have some pair of glasses of some sort that are tied to your iPhone, and you see animation you you can see additional data on the screen in addition in in fact it's very much so right now you can play ipad games there's a lego game my son has where you can use your ipad 
And there's also a Minecraft game, if you're familiar with Minecraft. But you can use your iPad, you can point it at the table, and you see the table with the camera, And but then you see digital animations that pop up that aren't there that you can control. And Apple's uh, has a it has LiDAR built in, uh, um, and so it can tell where your table is, the depth of the table, the height of the table, the width of the table, and so you can it can perceive that oh this this little animation this little Lego is about to die because he's going to fall off the table, and and you see all this, and so now they want to do some sort of glass thing. It's it's fascinating concept. Here's the problem though, and and this is and I, I got to write this up. The the folks at Facebook asked me for my thoughts. They sent me an Oculus 2 to use. My son has used it more than me, to be honest. He loves it. My son loves the games on the Oculus. There is a Star Wars game on the Oculus where you are literally holding in your hand the lightsaber and you are fighting and Darth Vader's coming to get you and he is in love with this game. And everywhere he turns and he looks, he's in this world. There's no, this is no Xbox. It is, the screen is everything and you are consumed in this and you've got sounds that come into your ears that I can't hear. Darth Vader's breathing as he's approaching. He hears him and it, it, you can tell my son is scared. Darth Vader's coming for him and it is a real world that he has gone into. It's fascinating, but here's the problem. As much good as this can bring, this is Brave New World territory. In Brave New World, people are entertained into oblivion. They're always staring at the screen. We always think that, that the world is very Orwellian, That uh, and we see Orwell Orwellian word games being played, but ultimately the world is very Huxley. It's a brave new world and people are entertained into lacking ambition and connectedness in the real world. And so the politicians can govern us because we're so disconnected from the real world. That's my concern with the metaverse as they're calling it, that people will go into this online world and many of them will want to make their existence there. And it is not real. This world is not real. This world is going to burn. There will be an eternal world to come. Some of you don't believe that, I realize. But this world is far more real than anything you can get with a headset on. Your neighbor in the headset is not really your neighbor. And to the extent you spend your time there instead of here, your lived experience becomes an experience that is not real in any meaningful way, shape, or form. It is not a real reality. It is virtual. It is created, and in you becoming the creator... You create a world you wish to live in, which makes your despair when you come out of it greater over time. And the ultimate result of this is that physiologically, psychologically, theologically, sociologically, anthropologically, this world breaks down. Your attachment to this world becomes one of dissolution because this is not the world you created. This is the world you live in and you get it as it is, a fallen world. You create your perfect world online, your ties to your community ultimately break down and we are to seek the welfare of the community in which we live. And if we live in the online world, we're gonna seek that welfare and that's not really the community we're supposed to be seeking the welfare of. I think there's a lot of good here for shared experience, for our ability to all attend the concert together and see visually live and lifelike the people on that stage, when none of us can get to the concert. I think that's a cool idea, particularly in an age when people are scared of the pandemic. But for us to stay in it too long, 
is to cause soul problems, community problems, anthropological problems, sociological problems for the world around us. And that I think we have to be careful of. It's a fascinating concept and I see real potential there, but I'm concerned that it will be misused very quickly. All right. I got to tell you about Patriot Mobile here. Uh, And I'm glad to be able to tell you about Patriot Mobile. Some of you have concerns about their coverage. You're not sure you want to use them when you've got the the big-name carriers. But you all know you need to not use the big-name carriers if you can help it. Now, I I will tell you, I've got a Patriot Mobile phone. I've also got my AT&T phone with my old number. I've got my new number as well. Uh, And a lot of people have my old number, and I don't want them to not have my number. But I also want you to know that I use Patriot Mobile as well so that I can be assured the coverage and the service and everything I'm telling you is good. And it is. The service is great. The quality of the service is fan, of the customer service is good. Hundred percent U.S. based customer service. You get a discount if you got multiple house, uh, multiple lines in your family. You got veteran, first responder, NRA member. You get a discount. On top of that, here's something I know. I'm a paying customer. They're not giving it to me for free. And part of the profits that they generate off of my account go to fund the causes I care about: the Second Amendment cause, the pro life cause, the conservative cause. They're Christian, they're conservative, that's what they give money to. If you're a progressive, Patriot Mobile may not be a good fit for you because they're going to be funding causes you're opposed to. For those of you who are conservative, they're going to be funding the causes you care about, and our dollars are made greater by compounding them by using Patriot Mobile. And you get free activation with my name. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, you get free activation. You can also call them. They're 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT. Move your account over there today. You can move your phone over and get a new number like I did, or you can move. I've got an unlocked uh, iPhone that I put on my account. You can do that as well. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Well, <laughs> Charlie, you just tell you, I sent him an article. Charlie just texted me back. Yep, God's had enough. Can't blame him. Um, this is interesting. Scorpions washed into homes by heavy rain, stung three people to death and left 500 injured in Egypt. Hail and thunderstorms along the River Nile swept the scorpions and snakes from their usual hiding places in the city of Aswan. Terrifying videos show scorpions try to make it into one house as the floodwaters rise. Egypt is home to fat-tailed scorpions that are among the most deadly in the world and can kill humans in under an hour. Fat-tailed scorpions. I thought they all worked in HR. Huh. Uh, the governor of the local region, Ashraf Atia, said at least 503 people were hospitalized after suffering scorpion stings. Schools have been ordered to close to protect children from the scorpions and the snakes. Professor of Agricultural Research Center Ahmad Risks said through newspapers, told newspapers that heavy rain has washed the scorpions and snakes into the city. The creatures then look to find new hiding places, so they head to houses on high ground. All the people were discharged after being given anti-venom. After being stung by a fat-tailed scorpion, victims experience breathing difficulties, muscle twitching, and unusual head movements. Wow. I'm telling you, God has had enough. (laughs) There's actually a story in the Los Angeles Times that the next great pandemic is going to come from the Amazon as we're cutting down all of the trees, we're coming into contact with animals we rarely come into contact with. Um, okay, uh, that's not going to be good. I'm, I'm telling you, 
We, we are we are far closer to the second coming than we are away from it. Uh, any day now, well, can't happen immediately, but but within the next century or so, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. God's starting to send the warning signs that the gig is up. Uh, that's just me, though. When we come back, we need to talk about, well, in, yeah, we got to talk about inflation. The polling, though, for Joe Biden is awful. The worst it has been, and all signs point to it getting even worse. I wonder why that is. We'll explore it. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 